Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to Sean Keaveney's Creative Cul-de-Sac with the titular Sean Keaveney here. I'm in the top room of our house again. It seems to be the safest place to record audio. Um, not much going on on the flight path tonight. It's Sunday. The it's su- it's a Sunday in in, in sort of late summer. Uh, the reason I'm being a bit nebulous about it is because we never we ne- you never quite know when these are going to go out. And let's face facts, they're not necessarily time sensitive, unless they start talking about the end of the Olympics or something like that. You know what I mean? Or like the bin day or something in this particular street. Apart from that, there's no real need for you to worry about when it is. First of all, I thought that I'd read you a couple of my passwords from 2011. Okay. So bear in mind, these are 10-year-old passwords. There's no point trying, if you're a hacker, to enter into my my digital world and enter these because these are 10 years old. Otherwise, I wouldn't be broadcasting them to a multinational audience, which is what it, what we've got for Sean Keaveney's creative cul-de-sac. Thank you. My Amazon password 2011 was buying things, but with a one in the things. So, you know, B-U-Y-I-N-G-T-H-1-N-G-S. Nobody guessed it. Um, inexplicably, in 2011, my Dropbox password was Steve Levine good friend of mine, great record producer, produced a Christmas song. And just so as you know, my um, Aegon password for 2011 was Daddy Fat Sax 5. So there you go. That's that. Um, now, what I would like to do, if that's okay, is read you something. Um, and this is something that Regular listeners to my radio programs will be aware that I do. But I found this on my laptop hard drive and I'd forgotten I'd written it. And these are the best bits of creativity, aren't they? Let's face facts. We don't really remember most things that we've done after about a couple of three years, do we? It's sort of like, oh, I can't believe I did that. And this is the same for this um, because there is a page of of writing on my laptop that is titled Peter Andre Erotic Fiction. Now, I know listeners to the six music shows will know that I do this, but I didn't know I'd done quite so much. It's quite, there's quite a rich theme of Peter Andre's erotic fiction here. In case, just in case you don't know, for exposition purposes, Peter Andre was and is 
an Australian-born and based pop star who has an incredible, um, incredible torso. A lot of work went into it and still does. Brief relationship with Jordan, the uh, supermodel, and um, but you know, mysterious girl. Anyway, I thought that it would be great if we started to really put together some of his erotic fiction because I think I read somewhere once that he was trying to write some. So here is a reading from chapter nine of Peter Andre's erotic fiction written by me. The title is Splitting the Bamboo. You might, producer Ben, you might want to put some erotic music under this. Charmaine was nervous as she perched on the bed and waited for Andre. After all, she had only ever experienced sexual union with her first boyfriend, Rex, and due to his appalling habit of whipping down his jockey shorts, thrusting his micro-penis into her face and bellowing, Make room for the mushrooms, girl! She'd never really climaxed with a man before. As for Andre, well, he knew every trick in the book. In fact, he was the book. In fact, a library full of books about sex. In many ways, just to bring it up to date a little, he was like the internet of sex. As she waited for him, she started to become aroused at the thought of his body, as if chiseled from brown stone of some kind. She turned off blockbusters with Simon Mayo, which was killing the mood a little, and started flicking furiously, looking for an adult channel to stoke her insatiable inner fires. Hell's teeth, she was hot, as hot and steamy as an agar. She was Lady Agar. She was ready waiting, moistened and expectant. All of a sudden the door swung open, accompanied by the sound of the flushing dunny. I'll give it ten minutes, which is about no more than I'm gonna need with you, you dirty cow. So that's powerful stuff, in it? Um, I don't know what I ever thought I was gonna do with that, because it's too filthy for radio. Um, when did I write this, even? I think this is about this is quite some time ago. So I, I, what, what I'm beginning to think is that I'm doing it just for my own personal pleasure. Um, erotic pleasure, possibly. I don't know. Who could say? No, um, for, for devotees of Sean W. Keevney on the radio and his six music breakfast and short-lived afternoon shows, I've got something exciting and special for you now. Uh, at the start of my tenure, I overuse that word, I understand that, in the afternoon, one till four, which I believe I did my first one, not good English, on the 7th of January 2019, I very quickly uh, started to talk about a thing that I'd done, which was the book of Genesis, which was a book in which I wrote all my ideas for the show, Phil, Zara's ideas for the show, Matt's ideas for the show, and the listeners' ideas for the show. It was short-lived, like everything else I do, because I'm adult ADD. I ain't waiting for the diagnosis, mate. Don't be like that. I'll wait for the diagnosis, mate. I've got it here. The Book of Genesis. You might want to put a bit of reverb on that, Ben, because this is a really serious moment. The Book of Genesis. Here it is. I'm just going to... Knock it on the mic there. It's turquoise. It's got the Book of Genesis 1 killer written on the front in black um, felt tip. But I'm just going to read you some of the, f- the first things that I wrote in the Book of Genesis, which was uh, essentially, as I say, 
uh, an accompaniment to the the one till four pm show. And it was my my first ideas, the first things that I thought, and I said things like this: What is the first thing to write in here? Eleven forty three am, second show, eight of the first eighteen. I've written this twice. It was eighth of the first nineteen, but I was nervous, so you got to give me that. Underneath that, I wrote: Assuages is a nice word. And it is an anagram of sausages. And then I've written underneath that, anagrams for other meat products, spam, maps. So again, it makes you think, well, why would anybody not want me to do three hours of broadcast in a day with this kind of mind? Underneath that, I've written Murray Lachlan Young. I'm talking about the great poet who helps us on the programs that we do. Great mind, makes mine look like a piece of fat on a lolly stick. His idea, perfect as mirrors mine, what is this afternoon? Poem to try and crystallise it. Essence he can weave. I mean... I just said to Johnny, just slow down. Just slow down. So that didn't mean much, but underneath that, I, I remember writing this, I remember coming up with this idea. We never did anything with it. Pros and cons. Pros being P-R-O-S-E. And cons. And my idea, my pitch to Phil, producer Phil was... We get um, well-known hard men to um, read out bits of um, novels. And then we sort of started to tool about with it. And we started to come up with like fictional hard men to read bits of their autobiographies and stuff. I've written here, Terry Viaduct, ex-gangland killer turned florist, tells tales of life inside. So we didn't do anything with that. Well, we'll probably have more excerpts from that Holy Grail, the Book of Genesis, in future episodes. But just before I hand over to our unbelievably brilliant guest and me uh, for today, you might notice that it's a bit of a non-sector in a way, like these bits are never fully connected up to the next bit. Sorry to let you behind the velvet curtain of podcasting. I just sort of record all these wholesale, you know, and we bolt them on. Bit like one of those cut and shunt cars from the eighties that you used to get for eight hundred quid down the pub. Anyway, before we move on, um, I want to quickly touch on the, uh, the this this thought which which I had on my bike last week. Um, I, I, I'm I'm now entering into the podcast community, right? And you lot are probably already part of it. I, I'm quite new to it, and I've started to listen to different podcasts a bit more than usual. One of them is Mark Maron's What The Fuck podcast. I bet a lot of you are conversant with it already. He's been doing it for years. I had Mark on my program about three years ago. I nearly gave him the flu just before he did a British tour. And I honestly felt like he was he was going to hurl me out of a window once he found out. Um, he does a phenomenal podcast, as you probably know. It's just a great interviewer. And he doesn't he's not frightened of sounding like he doesn't know everything about the interviewee. He's quite, I think a lot of us interviewers are kind of like, we feel like we have to already know everything about the person. And if we don't, we have to bluff it. He didn't give a fuck about that. He's like, so what you, uh, what the fuck? And then apparently, you know, John Lennon. Oh yeah. You know, you know and I mean? He's like, he's like that. Anyway, cut a long story short. I was listening to, bashing through a lot of Mark Maron's podcasts and having met him and stuff. Uh, I started to imagine him as being my podcast mentor, right? Um, because he's garrulous, he's funny, he's got that kind of New Jersey accent, that kind of thing, you know, he's kind of New York, New Jersey, 
Don't take no fucking shit. He's got a funny laugh. <laughs> Does that? Uh, and I just thought he'd be a great mentor if we could, if I could have a mentor for podcasting, where he just tell it like it is, uh, and he'd give me some stick and give me some shit and give me some advice, and it'd be great. And I started to go a bit down this rabbit hole. I started to imagine it. I started to have conversations between myself and Mark Maron on my bike on the way into work, which is a bit, I think, a bit virginal mentally unhealthy. But what I would like to do here is caveat this with, there is no way that Mark would say any of the things that I'm about to say, probably. But it's helping me to mentor myself in the voice of an imaginary Mark Maron who actually, when I do it, sounds a bit more like a shit um, uh, extra from Goodfellas. So what, uh, he does that, and he's that's not what he, he sounds like that. Doesn't say anything like that at all. So what do you uh, what do you want out of this fucking podcast, John? Well, I mean, oh, you know, I want some creative freedom. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck? I mean, WTF? What else? Everybody wants that. Every fuck's got a fucking podcast. What else? Um. Well, I mean, I've, you know, I've lost a job and I need to replace that income. Now you're fucking talking my language. I can fucking understand it. Money. You want fucking money? Yes. I want, not just money. No, of course you want uh, all the accoutrement. You want to feel good. You want a standing in the community. In the community. I do want standing in the community, Mark. You're absolutely right. You want to be respected again like you used to be? What do you mean? You know what I'm fucking talking about. You lost your job. Nobody gives a fuck about you no more. You want to replace that with something good. You want to be a big shot like me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to be on the, you know, ooh, Spotify. You know, recommends. You know, I want that kind of thing. Of course you fucking do. But what you said before, what you said, rewind, rewind. What was that thing? Money. The fucking money. You need, you want the, you want the dough. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, what? How you gonna go about doing it? Well, I'm gonna do this and doing the podcast like you're doing the podcast, and holy, what the fuck? Okay, what you gonna use to get your money? What do you mean? Well, how you gonna get your money? With by doing the podcast. With what? With what do you mean? With a microphone? With what you fuck? What do you do your podcasting with, apart from all your fucking, uh, your technology? What does it come out of? My, what do you mean, my mouth? Your fucking mouth. Yes, my mouth. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. What you gonna do, you pretty boy? You're gonna get your fucking mouth, and you're gonna do blowjobs. What? What do you? I don't know. What you're gonna. You, you're close to the porch mouth, the Southampton, ain't you? That's what you're gonna do. You, what you mean? You mean going sailors? You're gonna go down on fucking sailors with your beauty fucking mouth. That's what you're gonna do. Five bucks a head. Five bucks a head. There you go. You'll soon rack it up. No problem. You got lots of confidence. You meet lots of beautiful people. You're talking my language. Thank you very much. It's not been particularly helpful, Mark, but it's it was a great way to start the relationship and to check in. And who knows, maybe that that's a little bit like 
the Sopranos, isn't it? With Gandolfini and his, but the other way around. So maybe something will flower there. I don't know. Anyway, um, we've done uh, my passwords from 2011. We've done the book of Genesis. We've done Peter Andre's erotic fiction. We've heard from Mark Maron. We'll be hearing from his lawyers this time next week. Let's now hear me and the guest on today's Sean Keaveney's Creative Cul-de-Sac. Sack being the operative word you want to get your fucking mouth and shut up. He's either written, on, produced, and or conceived everything from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Not the Nightclub News, through to Blackadder and QI. I am breathless with anticipation at the prospect of picking through his notebooks and bits and bobs and any other business. It's John Lloyd. Thank you, Sean. I'm exhausted. All rise. All rise. <laughs> I mean, what? I, I th- I, I've got the feeling that most podcasts when they begin sort of the 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 one major um, flaw that they all have or a lot of them have is that they try to over explain themselves yeah and i won't be i won't be any different than that but it, <laughs> in essence that well, i'm just about to do that exact thing it's this is a cathartic exchange of lost ideas and along the way i'm hoping to just elucidate just pick out some of some of your ways of working and, and maybe alight a little bit on some biography because there's an immense amount of it with you, John. So I, just to, I'm just checking that you're okay with that. Yeah. Good, good. And, and, and uh, the, first, the first sort of basic question to get us warmed up is, is there a place that you're most often struck with ideas? I, I bike everywhere. I have a lot of ideas on the bicycle. Uh, is, it, is it the bath? Is it, uh, is it Malibu? I think a lot of it happens during the time you're asleep. I'm a real believer on sleeping on things. You know, you have an idea in the morning, it's either clearer or it doesn't work. I mean, you know, that it's literally 30 years since I took credit for having an idea because somebody said ideas are like fish floating past. And what distinguishes creative people from supposedly everybody's creative, but the people who are think of themselves as creative or thought by other people to be creative are people who notice things you know they see the fish and they hook them in and non-creative people they still see them they just don't do anything about it and that's for me you know I know we're talking about our notebooks you know I've got hundreds of them from uh, 30 odd years back and it's that I to me ideas come when they will you can't force it so when my wife, who's a really fantastic publisher and manager, says, well, you know, why haven't you done it yet? You go, well, I sat and, you know, I have not worked, but it hasn't arrived, you know. And then suddenly there it is. It's like, um, I like to think of it as feeding information into a supercomputer. And yes, listeners, I am even relating my uh, brain uh, to a supercomputer. And y- y- you sort of input, the information, the raw data, and then you sort of wait for the program to do its work and then it spits it out. Uh, Keith, I, I remember Keith Richards is always the person I always think of. He, he said exactly what you've just said. He said, like, uh, you know, I just, my guitar is basically an aerial. 
it's just an aerial they're just picking up ideas you know well, i love that guy and that that's exactly my take on things that the brain is not a creator it's a receiver and this is you know for for 30 years i've thought that uh, which is a very old idea that consciousness is the ground of being and everything comes out of that and this is you've probably seen in the papers panpsychism cosmopsychism this idea that they can't solve the mystery of consciousness because everybody science materialist science insists that it comes from the brain whereas actually the brain and frogs and snails and trees and mountains all come from consciousness that's my thing it wasn't and the, once you once you embrace that and i i recommend to you a brilliant scientist come philosopher called bernardo castrop who was a quantum physicist at CERN, very, very good at it, and had always been interested in ideas like you and me and curious, the curious nature of things. And he became a philosopher and got a master's. And he's written a series of books about how the materialist viewpoint, i.e. there's nothing here except atoms and matter, all the other stuff is baloney, is really hurting us. And so that really that all that we see and feel is the external appearance of something immaterial. And he gives, I just saw a fantastic interview with him yesterday. He gives the example, supposing you're very sad and you start crying, you feel your tears, I see your tears, but they're only the manifestation of this immaterial thing, sadness, which you can't see and you can't quantify. Now, that sort of metaphor, I think, is absolutely brilliant. And it, it helped, it always helped me this because, because life looks like such a barrel of shit, doesn't it? It's so sort of complicated and things go wrong for apparently no reason, despite how hard you try. You've got this idea that that's because they're only a manifestation. They're not, they're not the thing itself. It's incredible to think that. It, it, this will, the, I knew that with you, John, this would, ter- would be part creative symposium, but also a part philosophical uh, reflection. And that's, that's what I'm, I'm very much looking forward to all the way through. I mean, w- with Not the Nine O'Clock News, it was such a colossal success. It was such a, it was an Emmy-level success. Uh, it felt like punk rock coming after the prog rock of the two Ronnies, which... Is also still brilliant, but were, were you? Did you ever? Did you have ideas as the producer and, and writer sometimes that that didn't fly, or ideas that you thought weren't going to go anywhere that went huge? Yes, um, both of those things. Um, what what uh, not the nine was very good at was we had these the two processes called roughening and plumpening. Okay, so you would get a formal sketch which would be, uh, yes, you know, we used to call them knock-knock, come in Perkins, you know. (laughs) Okay. Yes, come in Perkins. Uh, How long... A classic setup. How long have you worked at this zoo? Uh, Well, sir, I've been here 40 years. Yes, Perkins. And do you now know what a penguin is? You know, sort of very, very sort of 1960s, really. Um, And we would roughen it up, make it more naturalistic, the dialogue, which Mel Smith was very good at. And then we do plumpening. And plumpening is taking the basic idea and enriching it. If you know that sketch, Gerald the Gorilla. So basically, it, it comes in as a sketch about a gorilla who talks and he eats bananas and so on. But it develops into this 
subtle relationship between Gerald and the professor. Clearly, there's a sort of something going on relationship-wise, and they're, they're, he's very testy with him, you know. And then he's jealous of the neighbour because uh, Gerald gets on better with his neighbour. And suddenly it's, it's drama, you know, funny drama. And that's what we would do if you were a writer on Not The Nine. You'd come in with this and we'd all kick it around, you know. And we'd think, okay, so how can we develop this so it tilts? Yeah. Yes, you know. so it's, it might start quite conventional, but then you, it's a bit like being in the Beatles. Yeah. John might bring in what's basically an acoustic ballad and George Martin will just tilt it and turn it into Strawberry Fields Forever. That's what the process is. It's all logic, but all comedy is, it's like, it's like a lo lo logic, philosophical logic. It's the premise, you can have any premise you want, but everything has to proceed logically from it. So, and it gets very exciting when that happens. So if you remember that scene in um, Blackadder 4, where um, uh, 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 Blackadder says to Baldrick, get me a coffee, Baldrick. And Baldrick says, uh, we ran out of coffee years ago, sir. Oh, really? What if we've been using mud? <laughs> oh, really? Uh, and, and sugar? Well, that's dandruff, sir, yeah. you know. <laughs> yes. And what, the, what about um, milk? Um, that's phlegm. Oh, God. And so that's a funny thing. But then Captain Darling arrives in the dugout and uh, Blackadder says, coffee, darling. <laughs> <laughs> and Darling's very surprised. Oh, thank you uh, very much, Blackadder. He can't believe he's been offered a coffee. And so you then hear Baldrick out back going, <laughs> which sounds like a cappuccino machine, but it's obviously him <laughs> just gobbing into it. And you hear then Darling say, make it a milky one, Baldrick. <laughs> If I remember rightly, isn't there, isn't there a line that goes, "Do you want chocolate sprinkles on that?" I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Pre <laughs> no, uh, there should be. You see, should, I should have been in that be. writers' room. I was only eight. What about you? Could you bring us something from your collection of uh, notebooks now? I was going to say, Sean, because it was painful for me last night going because you know we both had these issues, and reading back through the suffering, the anger, the depression. The, the confusion, the fear, the anxiety, the, the disasters that happened, the determination to wreak revenge on people who'd been horrible to me, you know, the, 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 the lostness. And I look back now and I think, I don't, that's ridiculous. I did that to myself. And I wanted to say, I think the most important thing you can possibly say really is, it's not what happens, it's the way you look at it. Because when I look back, this is the record of a guy in major crisis, you know, as I say, angry and gloomy and desperate. And yet what I was doing at the time was having the most amazing life, three amazing kids. You know, I was working as a commercials director. I went to Egypt and Moscow and the Australian outback and Brazil and Iceland, incredible places. I was paid tons of money. You know, I was fit and healthy. I think, what is the matter with you? Pull yourself together, you jerk. <laughs> but what is that? I mean, it, it, I, I was there's so much to talk about. I mean, like for instance, you were, from a very early uh, age, you were with working with people like Douglas Adams, and you co-wrote some of Hitchhikers with him. Uh, it was a colossal success. But Douglas had a, as you mentioned, a kind of bipolarity to him as well, didn't he? Um, he could be that idea that a lot of creative people. One, it is, it is like a bipolarity, isn't it? One minute you can be the king of the world and everything that flows from your fingers is brilliant. The next minute you're in the 
the creative doldrums and you think you're useless is is that do you think that most creative people end up suffering from that to some lesser or greater degree i think that's um that's documented uh what used to be called manic depression bipolar disorder is very uncommon in the normal sane population about five percent of people suffer from it in playwrights 60 percent you know poets it's even higher i think even in things like cricket which has a quite a record doesn't it of um self-harm and and suicide which is a creative thing obviously sport is a creative thing um it seems to be almost a necessary thing because one of the things that i've been really thinking about in the last year is why does the universe because i believe the universe is a conscious thing as you know why does it make it so hard to do things well because that's really all that distinguishes people like you and i have got a track record is what is it really it's getting up and turning up when you don't want to is doing the work that's very difficult forcing yourself through all the misery and the kind of like oh i'm useless why did i ever agree to this i'm so vain why did i even think i could do this job and and just and then you get lucky and that you know something breaks through it's 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 like the steam off your cup of tea though isn't it it's it's there it's it, but it's off it drifts and then it's gone again well let's get let's go back to uh, your notebooks could you give us a little excerpt from uh, anything any of your vast supply so this is just a random page that i found this morning on the left hand side it says it's not the cigarettes i need to give up it's the fear which I thought was kind of interesting because the, obviously the cigarettes are a prop for the fear. And then it's, it's got this. Rule one, you cannot see most of what is there. And rule two is it's the other way up. Okay, I have a lot to say about it's the other way up, but I just want to think in another notebook I found this thing that looks like the beginning of something because you cannot see most of what is there, which is of what QI tells you, and what we know that you can't see the substructure of an atom or you know what's inside a tree or inside your head or my imagination. Can't see most of what is there. So it says this, the world is a vast child's picture. You have to find the bunnies hidden in it. There are billions of them hidden upside down in the trees. Here an eye, there a cotton wool ball of tail. There is another disguised as a cloud. Find the bunnies. Jesus, John. That is QI in, in a nutshell, isn't it? This idea, uh, what it reminds me of what you've just said is, and I've probably bored you with this before with my reductive approach to philosophy, but it's very much like if you are if you are in a beautiful part of the world like Bora Bora and it's night time, uh, staring at that night sky, uh, when at first glance might not reveal too much but the longer you stare at it the more it becomes apparent and 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 that's a bit like like you've just explained that's what existence is like isn't it that's it reminds you all reminds me always of bill hicks you know bill hicks started off as an extra you know and he sort of finished off as an extraordinarily angry person but he and a polemicist but he was also he he would him and his friends would lie in, in in fields and take mushrooms and he was an extraordinarily spiritual person who, a bit like you I think, felt that the universe was was a conscious entity. What can you give us a little bit on that actually? What when you say the universe is a conscious entity, 
that it's almost like the universe is God in that sense, is it? Or what what would your explanation of it be? Think of it logically. So we we as far as we know, the way that planets form, leave the Big Bang aside for a second, is that you've got gas, you know, and this coagulates in some way through the force of gravity and it contracts and then it becomes, you know, a solid and then it becomes rock. So you wind that back, you've got rock, you unwind it until it becomes gas again. And then what's before gas? Uh, something has to be before there. And, uh, you, you know, where do the atoms come from? Well, you can't just say the singularity. The atoms themselves are made of quarks and leptons. And those are, we haven't got that small yet. We don't know what those are or what's in them, if anything. And then the obvious thing is before that is energy. And before energy is consciousness. That's, that's just like, it just gets thinner and thinner and thinner until, and then you say, well, how did consciousness get there? There's no answer to that because consciousness didn't get there. It's what is. It's what always is, always will be, always was. And so then it becomes, of course, it sounds a bit religious, that. But then so's the Big Bang. You know, and so is, if you think of the way that scientists think of, you know, that first of all we had mosses and uh, horse tails and ferns, and then we had, you know, these grew into trees, and then you get, you know, simple slugs and, you know, amoebas and all that. It's just like, and God said, on the second day, God did this. It's, it's actually also, it's, it's very like Genesis. And the thing is that the, the consciousness is always there is, you know, God is eternal. And the thing is that, but I, it's the thing where I separate out from former religions is I don't think there's anybody there to be worshipped, you know, because I think it's a misnomer, the the meaning of the word worship means worship. It means respect. And respect for nature and the thing that is, I can absolutely do. I don't have a problem with that. It's just that I won't do any bowing down, you know. And I, because I don't think there's anyone there to bow down to. I think that if you think nature and mind and consciousness, we are privileged and grateful to be in this, you know, Meister Eckhart, the great, obviously 14th century German mystic used to say, if the one prayer you can say is thank you, that's enough. That's enough for me. That's what it does come down to, doesn't it? I find that myself a lot, especially on weeks when I'm, I'm struggling with things, is that I, you have to whisper the word gratitude to yourself a lot because we, we all have to have that because we're, a lot of us are luckier than we, we remember that we are. Um, it's, it, it's, it reminds me also trying to talk to the boys about my, my elder kids about life and consciousness and stuff and they're sitting in the bath and I'll say that your arm is made of particles that were spewed out of the big bang so there you go that's the you know everybody like you know your uh, your loved ones your books your laptops all the same shit isn't it it's me you're about to hear an advert. Now, if you want to listen to the podcast ad-free and my Friday radio show, all you got to do is sign up to the Patreon if you fancy, not if you don't. Uh, but if you do, the link is in the episode notes. Carry on. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I mean, it's about germs of ideas, this. What was the germ for something like Blackadder? Do you remember its evolution? You know, this is a big question, really. Um, yeah. Again, you 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 know, it wasn't that wasn't really working. When Ben Elton joined as the other writer, uh, he said, nobody likes the Middle Ages. It's all smelly. It's all about dung and stuff. And Elizabethan they like because it's, you know, swords and sexy, yeah. And it's that idea of turning Edmund from a bit of a, a a bit of a an, an idiot to an extent to being the the cleverest guy in the room isn't it that that sort of turned it on its head quite a lot well that's right and and that's that's quite distinguished about blackadder because most british comedy heroes are a twat you know that was that was good uh, and but you know the other counterpart is you know you think you're being original but the same thing happens is there's nothing really original under the sun you're really just you know there's that says only seven plots so I think we are half, three quarters of the way through the third series of Blackout and we thought, you know what this format is? It's Faulty Towers in Tights. That's what it is. Cleese is, is Rowan and, and uh, Andrew Sachs is Baldrick. It is really, isn't it? It's it just um, an exasperated person surrounded by idiots or, or people trying to thwart his, um, his vain ambitions, vainglorious ambitions. That doesn't anything wrong with it because it's not about the idea it's about what you do with the idea and what are you delivering? Are you delivering, you know, freshness? Are you delivering insight? Are you making people feel better? All those things are good. That's really gorgeous. It's just been an incredible pleasure for me to talk to you and to have a sort of long form conversation about all the things that we've discussed today. It's so obvious though to anybody that's even had a cursory listen that we've got so much more to cover so but i do think that what we'll have to do is see people again and again because there's so much to 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 uncover with you there's so much we haven't we haven't even really talked about something like qi or the the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and we and and obviously the notebooks behind you you've got even more than i have so this is uh merely a sort of uh a farewell uh it it is it is not a, a full goodbye it's an au revoir rather than adieu, yeah. It is an au revoir rather than an adieu. Thank you. It's a joy, Sean, as always. Love you. So, dear, you said reader, dear listener, I hope you enjoyed John and I having a lovely discussion. As far as I recall it, because it happened some time ago now, was was more of of a sort of symposium on creativity in general, which um, 
I thought I, I thoroughly enjoyed. And just any time you get a chance to chat to John about thinking, about ideas, conceptions, um, philosophies, it's it's time well spent. I hope you'll agree. <laughs> so uh, here I am. It's a Sunday night. Um, I, I think I've done about 15 hours driving this weekend, back up and down to the lakes, via my mum and dad's. My back's absolutely so I'm, I'm at a jaunty angle and this is the closer of the app. now listen I get the feeling that some of you people don't take it that seriously this part of the programme but you should it goes from the sublime to the ridiculous right what I want you to do is send your own lost ideas ideas trapped on notebooks in notebooks on laptops etc to Sean's creative cul-de-sac at gmail.com right and I fold them in to the end of the programme like like clean laundry um, <clears throat> but I seem to be getting either just silly ones uh, or like really detailed uh, 200 page novels and stuff and uh, I'm looking for some paid dirt in the middle there that's what I think I'm looking for this week basically just you like taking the piss what's this one I can't read that that's far too long Renzo says he's back this is an idea I had a while back, and I think it's still fresh and ripe for monetizing. It was inspired by the Antiques Roadshow, a nightly five-minute catch-up show for programs like Fake or Fortune, The Repair Shop, Homes Under the Hammer, Antiques Roadshow, etc. He's not taking it seriously. This. It's targeted at viewers who missed the shows and don't care about the journey, the provenance of the overly long reveal, only the monetary value. Take Homes Under the Hammer, utilising a series of fast edits, the viewer travels from the winning auction straight to shots of the undeveloped house to immediate shots of the completed house to how much they sell up and profit for bish bash bosh gone in 30 seconds repeat but rest at shows the title of the catch-up show much channel 4 9 55 p.m it could also work for soaps i hope to develop this idea further and plan to hit the dragons in 2023 with my remote control that does the above with one press of the much button on the handset as always i'm looking for backers celebrity endorsement and club card points welcome i don't know you're going to get that far it runs um i don't like it if I'm honest, if it can be completely uh, candid with you, because again, if one thing we've got a problem with in this world at the moment is, um, I forgot what I was going to say. <clears throat> anyway, attention, that was it. So, you know, I don't know whether that's a good idea. Gaff says, I've written a children's TV show, this is more like it, about a pirate, okay, who sails the oceans, kids like that stuff fantasizing about becoming a baker this is good and opening a shop in Luton selling sausage rolls and pasties it's called Captain Eggwash oh, yeah. another joke what's this one Sean in Harrogate people are sensible of course in Yorkshire it occurred to me Sean um, these private number plates that people get or vanity plates it occurred to me that as the purchase of one of these items is presumably tied to a desire to be identified with your expensive asset, why not go the whole hog and erect a, a lit-up sign outside your house with your name on it? Did I read this one out from Danny in Burnley who said I, I had a great idea for a transparent toaster that, so you could see if your toast was burning, but then I saw in a department store. So that that's already been done. So so I don't know what... Not particularly great cash... Of, uh, of listener ideas this week but a couple of decent jokes I think it's fair to say if you are sitting on 
a, a potential gold mine or at the very least an interesting idea that you had that's buried somewhere you dig it out you throw it to me at sean's creative cul-de-sac at gmail.com let's get it on the podcast see you next week Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.